0: and we are live welcome on in ladies and gentlemen bienvenidos senoras y senores this is the nai ball podcast it is season five episode seven and this year Every single episode of the NAI Ball Podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Off Speed Athletics. We'll tell you more about them here shortly, but right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are thrilled to have you here. I'm your host, as always, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063 on Twitter. We will bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, Mr. Cody Butler, in just a moment. Let's kind of run down, though, what we have for you in this show. We're going to kick things off. Just as we do every single week with our shout outs and mentions, we're going to do a week in review. It's 10 to Lewiston time, once again, the third edition of 10 to Lewiston, which is my power rankings for the 10, what I believe to be the 10 best teams in the nation. We're also going to do a quick little look at the current Bow chip rankings as well. We talk with Southeastern left-handed Ace, Rob Adams. We're going to go over the NAI ball hitter, pitcher and team of the week brought to you by Pitch Pro games and series that you need to watch our big series of the week heads out to the west coast and then we've got quick pick we'll tell you about how we did last week and what we've got coming up this week as well before we get into the show i want to tell you about our sponsor and our friends over at Offspeed athletics and when it comes to building the brand no one does it better than our friends at off speed athletics off speed athletics will set you up with that high-quality, sublimated uniform and apparel for your youth, high school, collegiate team, whatever kind of team that you need, Off-Speed Athletics can help you at every single level for not just your uniform needs with jerseys and pants, but practice shirts, short-sleeve hoodies, whatever you need. They can help you at all levels. So do me a favor. Give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Ath. That's at Offspeed Ath, and then take a moment when you can to visit their work and check them out on their website. That's www.OffSpeedAthletics.com, www.OffSpeedAthletics.com. Support the people who support us. Support the people who support the show. That's OffSpeed Athletics, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast. So, Folks, with that, we will bring in the foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler himself. Cody, baby, what's going on?
1: Rob G1063, brother, how are you doing today? I have a really good slate of games this weekend. After a strong week two weeks ago, kind of an off week last weekend, we're back with a really good slate of games this week.
0: Really? I feel like I should be asking you how you're doing today or when we're recording this show. You know, Freddie Freeman pretty much not going to be re-signing with the Braves after the uh, Braves trade for Matt Olson. I got to say, I like them bringing in Matt Olson, and it gets him out of the AL West, so I'm definitely a big fan of that. But I I understand and I see a lot of people who are kind of panicking about uh, Freeman not coming back because he has been a, a fixture in that organization.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of panic because Freeman is like the face of the Braves. But Matt Olson, a Gwinnett product, you know me, Gwinnett guy, Parkview High School grad, two-time state champion here at Parkview in Gwinnett County, uh, coming back home to Georgia. I'm a big Matt Olson guy. Absolutely destroyed a ball in state championship at a home game against Brookwood the State title. And I'm glad to have him back, man. I think he's a top five first baseman in baseball. And yeah, obviously you want to keep Freeman, but if you can't, this is the next best thing. I think it's a great move.
0: Yeah, Oakland gave up a haul for that uh, I think Pache was the big name but but you know, you know, you and I both kind of agree and I think anybody who really watches baseball will kind of agree that the bat hasn't really come around yet for Pache, but they did give up four of their top 14 prospects in order to get Olsen, but I do love getting Olsen out of the AL West where I don't have to see him 19 times a year in the lineup anymore. I'm I'm definitely 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 game for that. Um, I am still waiting on bated breath for the fate of Carlos Correa and what he will do, and it's the only time that I will have every single national baseball writer on notification. So my phone has been going crazy all day. A lot of trades today, a lot of excitement for Major League Baseball, and that just gets me hyped for what we've got this week, and we will start our shout-outs and mentions with a big Upset because down goes the last unbeaten Indiana Tech knocks off the previously undefeated and new number one Southeastern University in a score of 11 to 8. Tech's win snaps Southeastern's 26 game win streak. Coley Stevens, five and two thirds, four earned runs, six Ks in the win for the Warriors. Mount Marty, shout out to those guys. They swept a Saturday doubleheader over NCAA Division I Northern Colorado. Luke Shively, he threw a nine inning, one hit shutout with 12 punch outs. In the conference win over Huntington, Northwestern Iowa's Kip Cullinan went 11 for 18 at the plate this week with six doubles, two home runs, and 18 RBIs—a massive week there. It was upset weekend in the Mid South Conference. Cody Cumberland, Tennessee, won the series over number 17 Cumberland's two games to one, and then Thomas Moore won their series over number 22 Freed Hardeman two games to one. Brett Vasquez of Our Lady of the Lake set a program record with 15 punch-outs in the conference win over Louisiana Christian. Congratulations to Brett on that. British Columbia's Ty Penner homered in five straight games. He was 16 for 25, five home runs, 15 RBIs this week. Robin Fernandez crushed it this week, 13 for 22 with five extra base hits, 13 RBIs, two stolen bases. He had a five-for-five game with two home runs, seven RBIs against Concordia and Arbor. Mason Macaluso helped lead Dakota State to a 6 0 record this week by going 13 for 26. That's 500 on the dot with 12 runs scored, four doubles, a home run, and 13 RBIs. Olivet Nazarene Ace Ethan Underwood threw a three hit complete game shutout in the win over Georgetown. Bellevue's Elijah Johnson threw a complete game shutout with 13 K's in the win over Concordia, and, or excuse me, Concordia, Nebraska. Bruton Parker. Out of Georgia, won the SSAC series over number 12, Middle Georgia State, two games to one. Midlands, Chase Reynolds, went 13 for 24 at the plate with five doubles and 10 RBIs. St. Mary's starting pitcher, Drake Pingle, pitched 16 innings across two starts, only allowing one earned run through a nine inning shutout with 10 Ks in a conference win over Avila. Southeastern University's Abdel Guadalupe went 15 for 25 with five home runs on spring break. He's a new SEU all-time home run, King with 39 bombs. And then Concordia, Nebraska, went yard 14 times just on Thursday, 22 for the week. The offense definitely traveled from Nebraska with CUNE. Cody, it was a big week of shout-outs and mentions.
1: Absolutely massive week. Uh, Elijah Johnson special for Bellevue, now third straight complete game shutout. Uh, Congrats to Abdul Guadalupe, the new home run king at Southeastern. No bigger home run in his career than in Lewiston, bottom of the ninth inning, trailing five to three, two outs, and he parks a two-strike home run over the left field wall. Uh, just one of the clutchest things I've ever seen. Uh, no doubt or two, remember seeing all of Southeastern's dugout just running out of the field there just for a second. Just incredible moment. Literally like what dreams are made of. So shout out to Guadalupe. Put up five home runs this week. Uh, just a big time player for them. The upsets in the Mid-South, I don't think either one of us saw that coming. Thomas Moore to go out there and take two off Free Hardeman, who's been pitching so well. Didn't see it coming. And once again, Cumberland's dropping a series. So we don't see it happening, really, not the last
0: couple of years. Cody, we have a big week in review to talk about. And the first matchup that I want to talk about, Cody, was Westmont in Arizona Christian. Westmont sweeps Arizona Christian by scores of 10 to 1, 3 to 1, 16 to 4 and 10-7. Westmont, who started the season unranked, made a big jump in the coaches poll, now definitely having a dominant year in this sweep of Arizona Christian. What do you have on it?
1: Uh, we have the West wants for real, man. Uh, they jumped up to number seven, and they deserve it. I mean, they are playing outstanding baseball. They outscored Arizona Christian 39-13 to 13 on the road. 39-13, to 13, doing it offensively. 16 hits as a team in game one, 20 hits in game three, 11 hits in game four. I mean, they were just slugging with them. The pitching is going to be there. This is the top five staff in the nation. Brian Peck, eight innings, one earned, nine strikeouts in game one, dominant stuff. Bradley Heacock, seven-innings pitch, 2 earned run, struck out three. He was really good in his start. Uh, The closer, Carlos Moreno, two-and-a-third scoreless, picked up two saves on the weekend. Just really good stuff all around from the Warriors. Justin Ramirez at the plate, eight for 15, three home runs, five RBIs. Simon Reed, eight for 16, two doubles, six RBIs. And Thomas Rudinsky, a double, a triple, a home run, and eight RBIs. This is a really complete team right now. They're pitching really well. They're scoring runs really well. They're riding a win streak into our big series of the week later on in the show. They look the part of a top-10 team. This looks like the best Westmont team we've seen since we've been doing this.
0: It definitely looks like the best Westmont team we've seen since we've been doing this, and it's something that you're going to have to keep your eye on, especially here in the show. Not the last time we will talk about Westmont in this episode. Warner, Cody, goes 5-0 and on the week. They defeated St. Francis, Illinois. By a score of 17-6, to they then defeated Concordia Ann Arbor 7-2. to They beat Calumet 14-1, to and then they beat Concordia, Nebraska for nothing before tying it all together with a 12-2 win over Bellevue.
1: Yeah, 5-0 at the end by 6-0 actually on the week. Got two wins over number 10, Bellevue. Uh, really impressed with Warner. They've now won 18 straight games. They're 26-6 on the season. Uh, they've just been special. you got a win over Concordia in Nebraska who was ranked and went to Lewiston last year, ranked earlier in the season. Concordia, Michigan, who finished the top of the WAC last season. St. Francis, Illinois, who went and split with Weber the other day. I mean, they're beating really quality competition. That scored them 57-13. to It's uh, just been dominant. John Bean, the ace for Warner, complete game shutout over Concordia. Also came back in later in the invite, picked up a save. Freshman Noah Harsh. 8 innings scoreless against Bellevue. Ended up giving up a couple of runs in the ninth, so only finished with eight and a third. But a dominant start, picked up the win, came back against Bellevue later in the week, threw one inning, struck out three. I mean, he was really good. Tyler Brown had 11 hits this week, two doubles, a triple, two home runs, and seven RBIs. It's time to start taking Warner seriously. Like, I think Warner being at 25 is severely underrated. The Sun Conference looks really good this year, and Warner looks the part of a really good baseball team. They're starting to compile some really good wins. They have a win over Weber. Excited to see them get deep into conference play, but Warner looks really good.
0: Yeah, as we get further and further into the Sun Conference, uh, as conference play will pick back up again this weekend for the TSC, there are going to be a lot of matchups that will garner national attention from the Sun Conference. Excited about that we kick it back out to the West Coast, Cody, where Clark had a run in Arizona where they went one eight to one against Port Gilbert, and then a 10 one victory against Arizona Christian and a two nothing victory against Ben Yumesa.
1: It was a little quiet because it happened in the middle of the week, but man, dominant starting pitching from Clark to go on the road in Arizona, play them at third parks and go. Starters Tyson Tucker, Devon Casada, and Johnny Blake, they combined for 18 innings, pitch. all three went six innings, two earns amongst the three of them with 25 strikeouts. Dominant starting pitching, I man. If you go out there on the road and you pitch like that, you're going to win ball games. Clark had up into a 10-game winning streak. I believe you told me earlier they dropped the game two of a doubleheader, but they won the series against Baker. They had a 10-game winning streak. They're looking really good. Really impressive stuff for Clark. He looks pretty good this year.
0: They would, in fact, drop the second game of that doubleheader to Baker, which takes place today when we're recording this, but really a great run there from Clark. And then Cody, last but not least, our big series of the week last week, Georgia Gwinnett, Weber International, they split the series. We did not get a game three due to rain, but game number one went 10-6 to GGC. Game number two went one-nothing to Weber. And there are two kind of deciding factors that I really think turned the tide in this, Cody. But I think in game one, there was a deciding factor with Weber's on, on defense. And then Weber, again, on defense in game number two was a deciding factor in the series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could say Weber cost themselves with defense in game one. GGC trailed 62 late, cost the error. Pitcher sells the ball over to third baseman's head. A couple of runs score, Ends up being the downfall. GGC ties it up at the ninth. They play 12 innings. The Grizzlies win 10-6. to uh, Alisaia Brooks had a huge basis-clearing double for the Grizzlies, and that, it was able to give them the win. Gage Williams in relief for Gwinnett. Four innings, no runs, five strikeouts. I told you before, I'm really high on Gage Williams. He was really good last year as a freshman, really good this year as a sophomore, has the velo in the low 90s. Uh, Really impressed with him. He's a strike thrower. I like him. He's a really good talent. Game two, speaking of really good talents, freshman starting pitcher Dylan Martin. What a job he did against Gwinnett. Nine innings, no runs, 12 strikeouts. Held him to seven hits across nine innings. Complete game shutout to go out there and win a one-nothing duel. Gwinnett's Tuck Tucker, Pitched like an ace. He looked like the guy that he was hyped up to be coming into this year. When that starter went seven innings, no runs, 12 strikeouts. But unfortunately, you got a 0-0 game in the eighth inning. GGC has a couple of errors. A couple of guys get on. Angel Diaz, two-out game-winning RBI single in the bottom of the eighth. Gives them the one-nothing cushion. Martin goes out there. Went out there on 148 pitches. Pitched 148 pitches. Went out there in the ninth inning. And said, nope, I'm finishing it. This is my job. And he got it done. What a special performance from Dylan Martin, the freshman.
0: Really a great performance from Dylan Martin, and we will talk more about him as well later in the show. But, Cody, really a successful week of Week in Review and a successful week for a lot of teams. A lot of teams starting to stand out nationally. And that brings me to my next point, Cody, is in the top 25. I thought, you know, we had a new top 25 last week. Uh, it came out when the show came out, so we didn't have it on the show. I just thought it was a really well done top twenty-five. But one of the things I really want to focus on and go over with you is that this week a brand new bow chip came out, and really just kind of reiterate to the audience: bow chip is the way that we are going to decide who are the at-large teams. That is what the committee is going to use to, you know, as one of the bigger factors in seating. I, I can't we cannot stress this enough. The top twenty-five in so many ways, and and I would say, you know, I would hope ninety-seven percent of coaches know it, and there, there might be somebody out there who doesn't. But the top twenty-five is irrelevant in in so many ways to where your ranking actually matters in in where coaches are or, or where the committee is going to place you in the postseason. Like it, it just does not matter. Your bow chip is what's used a little bit heavy, uh, a lot more heavy, I should say. But chip not being perfect in a lot of ways. that we, We've heard a lot of complaints about it. But Tennessee Wesleyan was number one in the chip that was released on March 14th. Oklahoma City, two. Shreveport, three. Westmont, four. Southeastern, five. LC State, six. St. Thomas, seven. Science and Arts, eight. McPherson, nine. Ottawa, Kansas, ten. Cody, I think chip definitely is going to be a big factor in at-large bid process when the season is over.
1: And I think the boat ship right now is doing a really good job of showing you the best teams in the country. Not necessarily in order, not necessarily one through ten, but when you look at those ten teams in the top ten of the boat ship, we can all agree those are really good teams. They're really good teams, and they have one thing in common, they've tested themselves. All ten of these teams have really tested themselves, got out to really great starts of the year. I mean, you look at Tennessee Wesleyan, they're on a 21-game winning streak. L.C. State. 21-game winning streak. Oklahoma City, they've won 18 in a row. Shreveport, they've won 12 in a row. If you're winning, you're winning against good competition, you're going to be high up in this ranking, and I think it reflects that this week. But you look at a team like Ottawa, who won the series this week over Friends, won the series last week over Oklahoma Wesleyan. They snuck in the top 10 of Bochip. You look at McPherson, a team that went to the Cajun Collision, challenged themselves. They're in the top 10 of Bochip because they played a really good schedule. Uh, Science and Arts, same thing. They went to the Cajun, they played a good schedule, and they're being rewarded for it here. St. Thomas, they went up to the Southeast Rumble. They played teams like Tennessee Wesley. They played Faulkner. They're in the top 10.
0: Yeah, man. And, and really, it, it also, one of the more interesting things is you have teams like Weber International and Vanguard, two teams who are uh, well inside of the top 15, rated 20, tied for 26th at this. And then you have a team like uh, Hope International who's you know also 16th in the nation you know rated 38 Kaiser who's number 20 in the nation is rated 43rd so a lot goes into the bow chip again we you know we don't really know the exact formula but we do know it's who you play your result and and their results as well but you know there's no different weight it, everything kind of weighs the same and I think that's what coaches kind of have a complaint with uh it is is that you know Playing team A instead of you know playing team A weighs the same as playing team B, but team A is five and eighteen and team B is is eleven and two, and that's not really it. It doesn't average out. It doesn't equal out. So that's one of the things to keep in mind when you're looking at Bo chip. Uh, but it's just you know really, I think you and I have it on good authority that it's it's the one of the bigger factors, much bigger than top twenty five, in how teams get. Seated. But that brings us, Cody, to the third edition of 10 to Lewiston. So let's go ahead and kick this off by saying there are no new teams in this poll, but we do have some movement. At 25 and 5, the number 10 team in 10 to Lewiston, which is my power rankings by Robbie Gutierrez at Rob G1063, is Vanguard. The number nine team in 10 to Lewiston at 20 and 5 is St. Thomas University. Number 8 is Central Methodist. They're 14 and 3 entering today. That has really gone up. Robbie Mercedes had a big day today, Cody. Uh, but I'm not going to punish Central Methodist for being basically weather delayed until Monday. That that's just not going to happen. They're currently if we take away, you know, if we take add in those two games, they're 16 and 3 and those offensive numbers have probably shot up. Westmont is the number seven team. They are 26 and two. Georgia Gwinnett slides back to six. They are 19 and four. Oklahoma City moves up to five at 20 and one. LSU Shreveport, 23 and three. They are, excuse me, 23 and two. They are the number four team in 10 to Lewiston. LCSC will stay at three at 27 and one. Tennessee Wesleyan. Will stay at two at 25 and one entering today. They have some wins to show as well that have likely boosted up some things. And then Southeastern stays number one, 26 and one. Cody, not the most exciting 10 to Lewiston. We didn't have any major dramatic shifts like in the second one. Uh, Those are the 10 teams. We've shuffled them around. I would still say Hope International on the outside looking in at number 11 for the second week in a row. But this is their week to kind of show we are supposed to be in that uh, ten to Lewiston ranking. We are one of the ten best teams in the nation, and that would be the big thing for for Hiu um, for, because I know that they they want they consider themselves as one of the best ten teams in the nation.
1: Yeah, Hope International has been harping on us about getting inside of that top ten. They want to be ranked higher in the AI coaches poll. They want to be ranked higher in the ten to Lewiston rankings. They'll have their opportunity. They're riding an 11-game winning streak. They just took care of William up, a really quality team. They won all four. Uh, they're going to go to Westmont, and they're going to play a four-game set against a team that is 26 and 26-2. And if you go out there and you get the job against Westmont, they will move into this poll. And I think a lot of this has to do with Hope as a team that has taken care of Westmont lately. They've won eight of the last ten against Westmont. They beat Westmont in the opening round in Santa Barbara. They feel like they're the program that deserves to have that ranking. And you know what? Every year is different. They're going to have an opportunity to do that this Saturday.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something that you know is is going to be interesting to watch. And and Hiu has has not been bashful. Um, I, I believe one of their players uh, called our uh, show "dog water." <laughs> uh you know this and they, a, new one. a new one but a
1: good one We're, it is
0: a new one yeah i mean at least they, we weren't called the devil shout out to huntington you know when, when it wasn't even a baseball player i want to say it was like a, a soccer player called us that I, I believe i have that right
1: yeah it was a soccer player called us the devil a a quality baseball player a, a quality field player called us dog water yes That's yeah okay.
0: so they 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 haven't been thrilled with it but here's your opportunity and a lot of it has to do with with. um scheduling and the way that i average things out and uh you know with home games road games neutral site games as well as record versus current top 25 teams current top 25 teams uh being a big one and you know that's that's something that that i keep an eye on they have a lot similar numbers uh to vanguard minus two wins uh you know it's it's something to keep an eye on there, but you know, Hope International, this is this is your opportunity and your your chance uh to really do something something big and get yourself you know into that 10 to Lewiston. This is your opportunity and to you know back in two weeks when we come out with 10 to Lewiston you know fourth edition this is the opportunity for for them. What do you think about the 10 to Lewiston overall though?
1: I mean your top ten and the coaches poll top ten I believe it's only one off. I believe they have Bellevue and then you don't have it's the only team. I believe it's not listed. I'm a fan of it, I man. I think the top three is hard to argue. I think the top three is sound and the coaches poll and your poll. I don't think it's going to change the rest of the way until we get to the national tournament. I mean, I think that's going to be your top three regardless. And then four through 10 is kind of like a mix of these teams. St. Thomas has looked really good every weekend, except one, except the Ave Maria weekend that week. They kind of struggled. They lost to Kaiser too. But they've tested themselves, and they proved to be a top-ten team. Uh, Gwinnett playing Weber. I think Gwinnett falling back, they dropped the game to Weber. Could have dropped both of those games to Weber. Would have would really like to see that game three play out. Really wanted to see Gwinnett against Weber one more time because that was tur- shaping up to be a really good series. I think Weber's a team, if they continue to play well, that might flirt with your top-ten one day. I think Weber is a really good ball club. Uh, Lewis-Fark State, I think they're just going to win out the rest of the way. I mean, they're going to drop a game or two because it's baseball, but they won't drop more than two. Shreveport, to me, I don't know if they'll drop many, man. They look the part of an elite baseball team, and they are by far the best team in their conference. We give L.C. a lot of rave because they're so much better than everyone in their conference. I think we can say this year comfortably, Shreveport is by far the best team in their conference. By yeah. far. Yeah. And so, I mean, will they drop a game or two? Yes, it's possible. It is possible. Is it likely? No. And I think we're going to find out this weekend, is Oklahoma City far and away the best team in their conference? Because they play USAO this weekend. And that's an interesting matchup because USAO has not looked very good offensively this year. And they're not scoring a ton of runs. And you're playing against an Oklahoma City team that is pitching extremely well, pitching just as well as you, but scoring way more runs. You look at what USAO and Southwestern Christian, and then you look at what Oklahoma City just did to Southwestern Christian, it looks a little different. So I'm really looking forward to that series. Now, you can't always do that ABC math, but what a weekend this is for Oklahoma City. Because me and you talked about this off air. If you're Oklahoma City, you get past USAO here without a hiccup. What do you have left? You're smooth sailing, man. I mean, you're smooth sailing into this national tournament. Uh, They will have played their toughest part of their schedule. You look at Southeastern, they're about to play their toughest part of the schedule. They still have to play Weber. They got to play Kaiser. They got to play St. Thomas. And St. Thomas has a tough part of their schedule. They got to do the grind of the Sun Conference as well. But some of these teams, GGC, you have two weekends left, man. ggc has got to play Tennessee Wesleyan and Faulkner next Saturday. And then a week after that, they play Cumberland's and Point Park. And then you're smooth sailing. Uh, Westmont, they're about to clear their tough schedule. You get Vanguard at the end of the year. Westmont and Vanguard, those two teams, they're going to meet each other at the end of the year. And that could really determine who's going to finish what in the g regular season. But I'm really looking forward to this down the stretch, man. I think some of these teams are going to smooth sail the rest of the way and they are going to stay in your top ten. And then I think there's some room for error. I think some of these teams could fall out. And yes, I do want to give a shout out to Robbie Merced of Central Methodist because he had four home runs today, and that is honestly disgusting. So good job <laughs> for him.
0: Yeah, no, I you know the one thing that I really want to say is is I do reward consistency, and I think my top five teams have been the most you know five of the most consistent teams. Uh, throughout the season, I think the one team that has been really consistent and has an opportunity to move up even further is Westmont. They are twenty six and two. They have an opportunity against Hiu. Um, you know, but they went from being unranked and, and really in a, in so many aspects. You know, we didn't know what to expect from them in a lot of ways. Unranked, uh, kind of back of the mind team, and they just showed up and bursted on the scene. They have an absolute opportunity to do some major damage this week, and then. You know, but SEU, you know, and I can already hear somebody say, "Oh, well, they lost to an unranked team." That was their seventh game in five days. You know, I do not blame them for for losing that. Uh, Tennessee Wesleyan has done everything we we need from them, everything we expect from them. They have reloaded, and they are consistent again. Those seven new bats in the lineup have continued to to do exactly what you expect Tennessee Wesleyan to do year in year out. LCSC has been what, you know, that all that experience in the high leverage situations, all that experience in the the situations that, you know, your heart's pounding that a normal person's not gonna, you know, they're not gonna know what to do in that situation a lot of times. They haven't been in that situation. LC's got so many players who are experienced in that. The last two weekends have been kind of shaky. And if they start dropping games, Cody, they're gonna move back at least in this poll. Maybe not in the coach's poll, but they're gonna move back at least in this because they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Shreveport's been consistent. They've had some times where you're kind of like, oh, what in the world? Uh, You know, in in games they've in one of the games they've lost at least. You know, I I wasn't sure what happened there against Texarkana, uh, but I know several people have told me Texarkana will, if you don't execute, will jump up and bite you. And you know what? There are teams in the Red River that if you don't execute, will jump up and bite you. But they went on the road this weekend to Victoria. They had to play a Saturday Sunday series. They had to wait for their series to start. And you know what? They got the job done, and they did it handedly. OCU consistency, 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 even in the face of adversity that they are going through. And starting pitching has not been there. You know, starting pitching. You can say, oh, "Well, four three nine. That's the the you know the worst ERA on this list." And you know what? It's the best they've had in the last couple of years in Oklahoma City. Without their starting pitchers, the last two weekends have been fantastic. This is the big test for them this weekend. The matchup with Science and Arts, uh, GGC. I really wish I would have seen that third game. They had that was their biggest quality win of the season. Was against Weber. They have an opportunity to move up big time in this. You know, just overall in I think in not just in my poll but in a lot of people's minds with what they've got this weekend and next weekend. Westmont continue to be consistent. You've got a huge one with HIU Central Methodist. They do what we expect them to do. They, yeah, they've kind of floundered in spots, uh, losing the teams that last year you would have looked at and been like, oh, they, they wouldn't have lost to that team. Uh, Saint Thomas has been up and down. You know, they started the year extremely hot, but they're still twenty and five overall with a lot to look forward to and a lot of heads to turn if they can continue, you know, to work well into the Sun Conference Vanguard. and overall, having a great season. Hope International on the outside looking in for the third week in a row. But, but an opportunity to change all of that this weekend. I am so excited about that. Cody, we were joined by one of the best pitchers in the NAI, a pitcher for the number one team in the nation. Southeastern University left-handed pitcher Rob Adams joins us on the show. Joining us now on the NAI Ball podcast all the way from Lakeland, Florida, is one of the top pitchers in the nation at the NAI level. We're going to bring in Rob Adams, a left-handed pitcher at Southeastern University, but let me give you his numbers first really quickly. Rob, right now, in six appearances with six starts, is 6-0 on the season with three complete games. He's thrown 37 innings, given up 17 hits, walked seven, struck out 58. He's got a K per nine of of over 14. He's got an ERA of .24, and he's given up just the one run on the season. Rob Adams, left handed pitcher from Southeastern University, joins us now here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Rob, man, what's going on? Thank you for taking some time out of your day.
2: Hey, man, how's it going? How are you guys doing? Oh,
0: well, we're surviving. We're surviving. And I, I believe Cody would say the same thing. But, man, we really are excited to have you here. And it's definitely been a great season for you so far at Southeastern. Is that really what you were kind of, you know, what were you expecting coming into the year at at Southeastern knowing that when you got to Lakeland, this is one of the premier baseball programs at this level?
2: You know, um, my biggest thought coming in here, you know, was just that I knew I was going to have a lot of talent around me, um, a lot of very good baseball players around me. And, you know, I just want to do, you know, my part in, in getting those guys to baseball and letting them make the plays around me and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it all kind of works out in the end when you're fortunate enough to ha- be in a situation like this.
0: Rob, can you really kind of talk to me about the team overall and, and just kind of the run that y'all just went on, winning 20, 26 straight? I know the last one didn't really go the way, uh, dropping one to Indiana Tech, but I mean, that's still a heck of a feat. You ever been part of something like that?
2: I have personally have not. You know, it was one of those things where we kind of just showed up and and went to work every day and it just you know, when we needed it, it came, you know, it was one of those things when the timing was perfect in everything, you know, when we needed it, it happened. And when we needed the big play, the big hit, somebody was coming through in the right time. And it just, it all was working. It all was clicking and like a well-oiled machine, you could say, I guess. It uh, it was really special to be a part of. And I'm, you know, I'm excited for this upcoming weekend series so we can, you know, start a new streak and get rolling again. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: One run in 37 innings. Have you had a span like that so far in your career? I mean, what's working for you? What do you think has you so locked in right now? Because you were hyped up to us going into the season,
2: and you've just absolutely delivered. Last year I had a uh, not a stretch like this, but, you know, it was it was a pretty good stretch, and I don't know the numbers exactly. But, you know, I tried to not necessarily mimic what I did last year, but I've just kind of had the same approach. Pretty much for the last couple of years on the mound, you know, my I try to spend, you know, I spend my breaking ball as well. I use my off speed pitches to set up my fastball and, you know, try to stay in the zone with everything and attack guys and kind of let the guys around me make the plays, you know, and let my stuff work. And, you know, it's it's worked so far. So, you know, I've just kind of been trying to repeat it and be as consistent as possible. And that's kind of I don't know how it's been going for me. And thankfully, it's worked out so far
1: sub two era last year in juco at santa fe you had a sub two era 87 innings pitched i believe your last start at the juco level you threw a no hitter in the state tournament talk to us about last season at santa fe and just and talk to us about that special
2: moment throwing a no hitter well last year was just a special year in general i mean we had a really good group of guys that came in and you know we gelled really well everybody got along you know everybody kind of knew their role it was. One of those teams like we knew we we had a chance to kind of go and do something special and unfortunately we came up a game short you know we still made a good run at it like you said the no-hitter was to get us to the state championship it was it was special i mean i'd never really done anything quite like that before it was i don't know how to really explain it it was one of those things you know a once in a lifetime thing would be a good way to describe it but I don't want to say that because you know hopefully I could do something like that again maybe in my career but it was uh it was a special moment I think the best part about it though was that it was on Mother's Day and I remember after that like sitting in the dugout like with the last three outs to go I was like man I got to do this you know my mom was there and I was like just get the last three outs and you know go hug her after the game and tell her thank you for everything you know it was it was a really special moment and a special day you know I don't know how to really describe it except for that.
0: Rob, you know, talking about your mom and all that, you're pretty close to home. Uh, You know, being a guy from Arcadia, I've actually been through Arcadia when I lived in West Palm, uh, drove through it on my way to St. Petersburg to watch the Astros play in Tampa. But, you know, Lakeland, not that far. I mean, I don't want to say you're local, but you're pretty close to home. What does it mean to stay home or at least close to home for you?
2: You know it's it's really good. I like I like it. You know, um, Lakeland's a a great place, a great town. You know, being close to home, it's nice. You know, on a free weekend, you can go home see the family. You know, or my little brother's playing at a at South Florida State in Avon Park, and I, I you know on an off weekend this past weekend, I got to go watch him throw. You know, against um, the team that his that they played this weekend, and it was really good. You know, to, to be able to go and do that where. You know, if I wasn't close, then I wouldn't have those opportunities, you know, and it's really nice. So, Rob, you've actually
1: had the fortune of, outside of the occasion, I don't think you've pitched on the road this year. You've been able to pitch at home pretty soon. Are you looking forward to actually traveling on the road in the Sun Conference, pitching on the road against some of these high-quality
2: teams? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've... If there's a pr- any kind of pressure you could put on me, I'm I'm here for it. I love the pressure. I love being on the road in and, and somebody else's element, you know, where they could possibly have an advantage. I love all of those situations. And I am almost positive that 99% of our team, 100% of our team is as well. And I'm just really excited to get on the road and start these conference games, get these series going and, you know, see what everybody's made of.
1: How fired up for you were you for the Cajun? I believe you pitched game one against Indiana Southeast. That's a top ten team in the nation. It was the first game for y'all at the event. How fired up for you for that moment? And you threw a complete game shutout. Uh you were absolutely special that day. Complete game shutout with twelve strikeouts over a top ten team. IUS now fell back in the poll, but they're still top twenty club coming off a trip to Lewiston. What a big time performance for you.
2: Yes, yeah, sir. It was uh I was very fired up going into it. You know, I I wanted to, like I said, I I want the pressure. I like those scenarios. And throwing against the high-quality teams, I, that's what I love to do. I want the best of the best. You know, I want somebody to – I just want to test my stuff. You know, I want to test myself against those better teams. And, you know, and that was – I thought, you know, they were a pretty good test. And my stuff worked very well for me that day. And my approach going into that day, it worked perfectly, you know, exactly how we worked on it. and. Everything worked out, and, you know, that's kind of the same thing I'm going to try to stay rolling with and going into these conference games and hopefully, you know, it's the same outcome. Rob, you
0: talked a lot about, you know, uh enjoying the pressure and wanting the ball in that moment. Uh, what do you really do for yourself in those moments where, whether it's the start of the game or a high-leverage situation, that obviously you've got the experience in those high-leverage situations by playing, you know, in JUCO for for major uh, you know, throwing a no-hitter to get to the state title game, everything like that. What do you do in those high-leverage situations, those pressure moments? Is it like a controlled breathing? You know, really what gets you through and, and makes you power through them?
2: It, breathing has a lot to do with it. You know, I try to always, you know, stay calm, you know, keep a level head, you know, and breathing has a lot to do with all of that. And, you know, I take deep breaths, you know, when I feel, you know, if there's something – that happens in a game that could maybe uh, flip the momentum to the other dugout or something like that. You know, I try to take a deep breath and reset and, you know, just kind of go from there and, you know, kind of roll with what the game throws you, kind of thing. It's uh, but I think keeping a level head and breathing is probably the biggest in that. Rob, do you have a favorite pitcher? Do you have someone that you like to watch emulate your
1: game after? Or is there someone that you've grown up watching that you love? Like talk to us about your favorite pitcher
2: by far my favorite is Tom Glavin and the reason I say that is just because I he lived in the big leagues for a long time not overpowering anybody he just he knew how to pitch he let his stuff work he let his stuff get guys out and you know he would let the hitter get themselves out with his stuff he just he knew how to pitch and that's kind of what I've tried to mimic my stuff off of not that i'm as good as he was or anything like that but um you know i just try to let my stuff get the guys i try to miss barrels that's something i like to say a lot and that's kind of how i what i fix my approach off of on the mound is just to miss barrels because if you're missing barrels then more than likely guys are getting out You know, every now and then you'll have that mishit baseball that, you know, falls or, you know, squirts through. But majority of the time, those mishit baseballs are to somebody and they're outs. you know.
1: I mean, you're missing barrels, you're missing bats. You have 58 punch outs and 37 innings. I mean, you're going to up one run the entire season. Uh, It's really a special season, man. Uh, last question I got for you before I let you go to Robbie. What was your goal as a team coming into the season? Obviously, that's a program that lives in Lewiston. Have y'all, do you all talk about Lewiston? Is it something that's brought up there in Southeastern? What have you heard about it, and are you looking forward to getting out there and pitching in the World Series?
2: We don't really talk about Lewiston. I mean, we, we set goals as a team, you know, as an, on an offensive side and, you know, as a pitching staff defensive side um, for what we wanted to accomplish this year. And of course, I mean, the main goal is to win a ring, you know, win the national championship and go to Lewiston and, and play our best baseball there. You know, that's the goal, but um, we don't talk about it. You know, I mean, we play day by day, game by, you know, game to game. We're, we're focused on the one that's in front of us, you know, and right now that's game one on Friday. And, you know, that's what we're working towards right now. And once game one on Friday is over, then we'll worry about game two and then, You know, it's just it's a game by game mentality here, and I think that's what's so great about it, because you know we don't put the pressure on ourselves and by thinking into the future or anything like that. We just focus on what's at hand and handle that.
0: Rob, last question for you: What's it like to play for that staff over over at Southeastern? That's really done an incredible job there since they took over.
2: It's um it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. You know, I've never been a part of a, a team with a coaching staff like this. You know, every every guy's great here. You know, they all have their own aspects that they focus on, and they all do a great job at that. And I think that's why, you know, as a program, as a whole, you know, it, it reflects positively, you know, in multiple aspects, um, just because these guys are really good at what they do. And I think that's why this program is the way it is.
0: Well, man, we definitely want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk to us. Our guest has been Rob Adams, left-handed pitcher at Southeastern University, who is having an absolutely incredible season, one of the best in the nation at this level and in all of small college baseball, if not possibly even college baseball with the numbers he's throwing up. Rob, man, thank you for taking some time out of your day and joining us here on the NAI Ball podcast.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. It's been my pleasure.
0: Cody, Rob Adams. Was our guest on this week's show, man, and he was absolutely fantastic. I mean, really personable guy.
1: Really well spoken young man. Uh, fantastic interview. Love the shout out to his mom there on Mother's Day getting the no no. And I'm going to go on record and say it right here, Robbie. I believe Rob Adams will throw a no hitter this season. For the Southeastern. I'm expecting him to throw. I would be more surprised if he doesn't, to be honest with you. I think he's going to throw a no hitter. I feel really good about it. I feel really, really good about it. He's an incredible pitcher i uh, can't say it enough folks he's given up one run in 37 innings not earned run one run in 37 innings i mean that's hard to do it i mean you need your teammates to play well you need everyone around you to play well you have to pitch well you have to locate well and uh, he's just constantly doing it um like we said before uh our pitcher of the year award he is the front runner right now for
0: sure he, he really is he really is and we're gonna go over mid-season awards you know here probably at the end of the month and uh that is something that that is going to get a lot of discussion is he is the front runner for, for pitcher of the year halfway through the season. So I am definitely been impressed with him on the mound and even more now, just more so impressed with him after talking with him uh, here on the show. So thank you to Rob Adams and of course, Southeastern university's baseball program for allowing him to come on and talk with us. It's time now for the NAI ball hitter pitcher and team of the week. Of course all of this is sponsored by our new sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast Player of the Week awards in Pitch Pro which is brought to you by Aeroform Athletics. Pitch Pro is the leading provider of portable mounds for both u sa baseball and major league baseball. These portable mounds are designed for both indoor and outdoor use. Pitch Pro's portable mounds are built for easy storage, come with a 10-year warranty, they aren't made with cheap foams, they don't move they're super lightweight. Check them out right now for yourself on Twitter. You can find them at Aeroform Athletic. That's Aeroform, A-T-H-L-T-I-C on Twitter. And then you can check it out on Instagram as well at Aeroform Athletic. And when you're done with that, check out their website at www.aeroformathletics.com. That's www.aeroformathletics.com. Pitch Pro is the platform provider for the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby that you, Cody, watch every year, that I watch, that everybody pretty much listening to this watches as well. So give them a follow and support the people who support this show. That's Pitch Pro by Aeroform Athletics, your home for your next portable mound. Cody, let's kick it off with our hitter of the week, and that was Jace Matkin from Madonna, and I added in his numbers from today, Cody, but he was 13 for 19 with 10 runs, four doubles, one triple, six home runs, 20 RBIs, a 1.947 slugging percentage, and a 2.661 OPS through his first five games of the season. Absolutely massive.
1: I mean, talk about ridiculously hot on offense. I mean, dude's hitting so well, we got teams checking bats on him. I mean, he's coming out swinging. To have six home runs and 20 RBIs, uh, absolutely sensational stuff. You said four doubles. He has more extra base hits than singles. He's just been elite. Uh, I don't know how he couldn't win this award because if you put that up against some of the guys that had five, six games, maybe even seven games on spring break, uh, I mean, he might have – I mean, had season long numbers for most kids, man. Absolutely sensational stuff for Chase Mackin.
0: Yeah. And let me tell you, I added in his two home runs and five RBIs today. And if I would have taken those out, he's still 11 for 14 with four home runs, 15 RBIs. And he's got a slugging over 2000 and, and even higher OPS. So I really just kind of hurt him, drove down his slugging and his OPS by adding today's games. But, I mean, he had two more home runs, five more RBIs. Just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, what a start to the year. He's got more home runs than most people will have in a season. And it's just his first five games of the year. Absolutely insane from Jace Matkin from Madonna. Our Pitcher of the Week, Cody, is Dylan Martin from Weber International, who went nine innings pitch, seven hits, 12 Ks, in a one nothing win over Georgia Gwinnett.
1: What a special performance to go out there as a freshman, strike out 12 against the defending national champions. You knew you were going to get this start. You're going to get the ninth start. You're the game two guy in this series. Uh, and I don't know if he could draw it up any better to go nine innings, to throw 148 pitches, but to just will your way through it. And Gwinnett only had a few chances, man. I mean, I watched that whole game. Guy on third and eighth inning of a scoreless game, and he got out of it. His team got us back in the bottom of the eighth. Angel Diaz hit a single. Next thing you know, you're three outs away from CG shutout. And that's exactly what he did. This is a guy that went on the road to Faulkner this year, pitched six scoreless innings. So you're telling me you went to Faulkner six scoreless, you post Gwinnett, you go nine scoreless. I mean, that is an incredible start to a freshman campaign in the NAIA baseball. And uh, I think Weber's got themselves a really good one here. And hats off to him. Big time, special performance.
0: Absolutely. Heck of a job by Dylan Martin of Weber International. And then last but not least, we stay in the Sun Conference, Cody. Our team of the week is Warner after their 5 0 week.
1: Well, and we talked about it earlier when I mean, picking up two wins over a top 10 Bellevue team, defeating Concordia, Nebraska, who hit 14 home runs in one day, uh, just really shut them down and shut them out. Shut out a Concordia, Nebraska team that can really swing it. Concordia, Nebraska hit 22 home runs down in Florida, and uh, they got a goose egg against Warner. Bellevue was playing really well. They lost both games to Warner. And then Concordia, Michigan, it's another team they took down. They took down St. Francis. I've just been really impressed with them. They're riding an 18-game winning streak. I think it's time for Warner to get the love they deserve. I mean, 18-game winning streak, can't say enough about them. They're on fire right now.
0: Man, they they really, really are just really impressed with Warner and the way that they've really started this season and the way that things have gone for them. So congratulations to our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week in Jace Matkin, Adam Madonna, our NAI Ball Pitcher of the Week in Dylan Martin, in our NAI Ball Team of the Week in Warner. All of this, again, brought to you by Pitch Pro and their parent company, Aeroform Athletics. So thank you to them for sponsoring this award and all three of these awards. And congratulations to all three of these, well, the two players and the team in Warner for much-deserved success. Cody, weekend games and series to watch. Let's kick this off quickly here. University of the Southwest versus LSU Shreveport is one of the biggest series that you need to be watching. USW having a great season. Vanguard versus Arizona Christian. St. Thomas takes on Kaiser. Oklahoma City meets USAO. Olivet Nazarene and St. Francis. Dort Midland. GGC versus Tennessee Wesleyan versus Faulkner. Benedictine takes on Mo Valley. Antelope Valley takes on Benue Mesa. Uno and Lawrence Tech, Evangel and Central Methodist, and then Lion and Columbia. Which of these just quickly kind of interests you the most?
1: Well, this is a big-time week, a lot of these, I'll be honest. Uh, Vanguard, Arizona, Christian, that's two-ranked teams. I'm looking to see how Southwest, who started the year like 16-3, and something ridiculous, against a top-10 Shreveport team. Oklahoma City, USAO, this could decide the conference. That's a huge matchup in the Sooner. I mean, that is your perennial top two teams in that league going at it. And the CalPAC, top two teams in that league, Antelope Valley, Ben Mesa, that's going to be your one and two. Huge series out there. And then GGC, Tennessee, Wesleyan, Faulkner, they all play each other. I'm looking forward to this little roundabout in Lawrenceville. I think it is going to be absolutely big time. A lot of good series. Line Columbia, they could be two of the top teams in the AMC. you got Missouri Baptist, who we keep waiting on to get it going and just can't seem to get it going. Uh, I think there's a lot of big matchups this weekend. Definitely a much better series this weekend than previous weeks absolutely
0: no this week was stacked and and for me it's St. Thomas versus Kaiser it's the best rivalry in South Florida it's it's really something that uh since 2015 really has turned into a, a competitive series and i am super excited for St. Thomas and Kaiser it's a series that i love to be a part of it's a series that i love you know uh watching and and feeling you know, the just the absolute passion between both of those teams and uh, you know, it, it's just one that really is incredible. If you've never checked it out, it is something to check out because there are just I mean, it's a fire and, and it's 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 really a fire between both teams and wanting to win and it's knowing that you're playing what traditionally in the last couple of years has been a top three team in the best conference at this level in the nation. Uh and you're battling for position, and you know that the results of this this series matter down the road, uh, and it'll set you up, and it'll look good if you need those games to get in to the national tournament. It'll help you big time. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. But, Cody, our big series of the week heads out west. It is Westmont. It is Hope International. It is the big series of the week absolutely ecstatic for it all of this of course brought to you by Offspeed Athletics and let's check it out here HIU Cody is 23 and 5 they're 11 and 1 in GSAC play they're hitting 341 as a team with a 336 team ERA Dimitri Colaccio 45 hits a 446 average 10 doubles a home run 27 RBIs he's having a great year Hector Garcia man we have talked about him a ton that's another guy that is absolutely in you know the running for national pitcher of the year so far through the season. He's 5-0, two complete games, 32 and a third innings pitch, 56 punch-outs 15.59 K per nine and a 1-6-7 ERA. And then for Westmont, they are 26-2, 15-1 overall in GSAC play. They're hitting 316 as a team with a 319 team ERA. Simon Reed, what a year he's having. 4.76 average, 49 hits, 6 home runs, 35 RBIs. Then Bradley Heacock, 41 innings pitch, 3 walks, 31 punch outs, and a 2.85 ERA. Cody, this is the biggest series this weekend in a weekend featuring so many stacked series. So many series with conference implications.
1: Absolutely massive series. And I feel like it's the biggest series for one individual team and that's for Hope International. Hope International feels they're not getting the respect they deserve. And this is exactly how they go about it. Hope right now is riding an 11-game winning streak. Les Ma's riding a 9-game winning streak. Hope owns the overall series 16-11. But it's actually been all Hope lately. Hope has won 8 of the last 10. And 7 of the last 9 came last year. So Hope International, these teams played 9 times last year. Due to COVID, they played 8 in the regular season and 1 time in an opening round. Uh, hope International went 6-2 and two in the regular season including an early four-game sweep over Westmont in March. So in this March series last year, Hope came out there and swept them. And later down the year, they split two to two. But when it counted in the opening round, Hope beat them 10 to five. So Hope is 7-2 and two against them last year. They definitely feel they're not being ranked high enough. They feel they're being disrespected because this is a team that they were better than last year. But I think that we see it all the time. Just because of how you were last year doesn't mean you're that good this year, especially at the NAI level there's so much turnover. I think this is going to be a really good weekend for them, though. And if they want to prove that they're the best team in the GSAC, I think this is the best way to do it. Westmont's coming in 26-2. and They're number seven in the country. They're getting all the love. They're rated as the number one team in the GSAC, not just by me and you, which we do feel they are the top team in the GSAC, but also by the NAIA coaches' poll. The coaches' poll has them number one. The conference ratings has them number one. I think this is just a huge opportunity for Hope International, for a team that seems to have a chip on their block a little bit, seems to
0: be a little, they feel a little disrespected, come out here and make a case. 100% agree. I mean, again, there's been no team that's been more vocal about feeling disrespected this season than Hope International. Again, it's not the first time that a team player coach has come into our DMs, you know, crying about something. They get upset. You know, it's not the first time. They feel disrespected. This is the biggest weekend for them. Um, You know, this is your opportunity to really show it and your opportunity to go out and get it. So I'm really invested in this series. I'm really looking forward to what happens in this series overall out in California. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that is going to be big time to watch, man, that I'm super excited about overall. And, and really, I, I just think that this is probably, Cody, I mean, this might be the best weekend we've had overall with, with the most stacked series.
1: It's definitely the weekend that has the most on the line because everything's in conference play now. We had some really good weekends in February, March, where it's non-conference. It doesn't really matter. But there are some huge conference series this weekend. It is absolutely stacked. And it starts here with the big series of the week, Hope International and in Westmont. Two teams that we feel comfortable are two of the top 13, 14, 15 best teams in the country, hands down. It's really, yeah. we don't know where Hope is because of their schedule. But yep. Hope is a team that played in our opening round final last year. They've been playing in opening round finals before. This is a team that went to Lewiston in 2017. So they're definitely a really quality program. We're not doubting that at all. We're not doubting that they're a top 15 team in the nation. I mean, I think if Robbie, you did a 10 to Lewiston, they would be your 11th team, correct? I mean, so Robbie has you at his 11th in the country. It's really not a disrespect to you at all. Um, We're just really looking forward to this one. And we'll give our
0: picks in just a minute. Absolutely, man. And, And I don't have yours. I have Connor's and I have mine. But the theme for this week's quick pick is all series that have plenty on the line. The series will be St. Thomas versus Kaiser, the best rivalry in South Florida. We go out to the CalPAC. It'll be Antelope Valley, Ben U Mesa. Then, then back to the AMC, Lion versus Columbia, the Sooner Athletic Conference, Oklahoma City, USAO, the Red River, Southwest trying to stay up there in the standings. They will take on LSU Shreveport. And then finally, our big series of the week, Westmont versus Hope International. So, Cody, let's kick things off with St. Thomas versus Kaiser. Connor took Kaiser. I'm a Kaiser product a guy as well. I was, a, you know, went to, there for a year and uh, coached there as well. So I'm, I'm going to take Kaiser. A lot of great memories at Kaiser. Um,
1: who are you going to take, Cody? I'm taking St. Thomas. They're going to come ready to play. That midweek Kaiser thumped them. Kaiser went out and thumped them in the midweek. Conference play matters, though. This is where the big boys are going to throw. You're going to see St. Thomas' best arms. You're going to see Kaiser's best arms. You're going to see the best lineups possible. Give me St. Thomas. I think they're going to come out here and have a big weekend.
0: You know what's unfortunate is is our guy, John Leatherman, is no longer at uh, St. Thomas. And I don't know if I can still post the the photo of him when he lost a bet to me uh, wearing a Kaiser cap. Uh, which is one of my favorite things, uh, but still might have to do it just because you know good rivalries never die. Cody, Antelope Valley versus Ben U. Connor taking Ben U. Mesa. I'm going to go with Antelope Valley. Who are you going with?
1: Yeah, I'm going Antelope Valley. They're riding a 13-game winning streak. Uh, they look apart the right now. They look better offensively. They're just playing better right now. Uh, ben U. Mesa won a series over Embry-Riddle this past weekend, but gave up 15 runs in a game, gave up 10 runs in another. Uh, they're just not pitching really well right now. And I like Antelope Valley, a team that can hit really well, and a team that's coming off two pitchers when CG shut out. Uh, Andrew Garcia for Antelope Valley has been really, really good. So give me UAV. I think they're the best team in the conference.
0: Lion versus Columbia. Connor, of course, taking his alma mater, Columbia. I went with Lion just because that's who I picked uh, earlier in the year, as, uh, or just a few weeks ago, as my uh, automatic qualifier prediction. These are two of the top teams in the conferences. Who do you have?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Columbia, actually. Uh, I think Lion has a chance to come out here and make a statement this weekend. Columbia is a team that won this conference last year, won the regular season, won the tournament. Columbia lost a lot of talent off last year's team, uh, but I think they recruited really well. They're a team that seems to be really good ever since their opening. Uh, Give me Columbia. Lion. good bounce back weekend for Lion though, against Fisher. Uh, Struggled losing a surprising series to Park. None of us saw that coming, but they had a good bounce back weekend, and I'm looking forward to see what they can do against the defending AMC champs.
0: Oklahoma City versus USAO, both Connor and I taking Oklahoma City. Cody, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma City. They just look better this year. I mean, Oklahoma City right now is on fire. They're riding an 18-game winning streak. They look impressive on the mound. Like you said, they got Eli Davis back last week. They haven't had some of their top arms for the last couple of weeks. Some of them are transitioning back. Eli Davis went four scoreless last week. I expect him to be an absolute dude for the Stars program. They're hitting extremely well. Uh, Give me Oklahoma City. I just think they're the better team this year.
0: University of Southwest versus LSU Shreveport. Are you going to make it an LSU sweep from our show? Because Connor and I both have Shreveport.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a sweep. I I like Shreveport in this series. Really impressed with what Southwest has done this year. Came out really, really strong. Uh, But I think Shreveport is just way too talented Then Shreveport is going to get it done
0: on the mound and offensively. And then last but not least, it is the big series of the week. It is Hope International and Westmont. Connor took Hope. I took Westmont. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm taking Westmont. I mean, I think Westmont, we agreed with it. I thought Westmont deserved to be the number one team in the g and I think that they've played extremely well. So you got to give me Westmont. I
0: like them to win this series 3-1. to Taking a look at what we did last week, Cody, uh, two series that that will not factor into the decisions. Uh, GGC and Weber was a push because they did not play a third game. They split the series. And then when we are recording this show right now, Taylor and Huntington are still playing their series. So that will not factor in either. So that means you went four and zero last week. Connor went three and one. I went four and zero. Which means overall on the season we are all six and four overall. So uh, definitely makes things a little bit more interesting, Cody. Before we go, any final thoughts on this week's show?
1: Well, I'm glad to bounce back with a four and zero week. I'll tell you that after week one, it's hard to be called the foremost authority on AI baseball. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to the series this week. I think it's a, like I said, St. Thomas Kaiser, huge. Antelope Valley, Ben Mesa, huge. Oklahoma City, USAO, oh, huge. These are, you know, I'm noticing this. Have you noticed this? These are teams that have all been our big series of the week. These matchups in years past have been big series of the week. Uh, absolutely sensational weekend of baseball. Really looking forward to it. Conference play all over the country. Uh, these GSAC matchups don't sleep on Arizona Christian Vanguard. I think Arizona Christian dropping. All four to Westmont. If they want to get back in this race, they really need to have a good weekend against Vanguard. I'm really looking forward to that one. That's two really offensive-heavy programs. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really great week of NAIA baseball.
0: Yeah, I I think it is, too. I I think it's going to be an absolutely stellar week, man, of of NAIA baseball. I am absolutely thrilled, absolutely excited for it, and I think it is going to be something fantastic for us here at NAIA ball. So for that, that'll do it for us here in season five, episode number seven, brought to you by Offspeed Athletics. A huge thank you, as always, to not just our sponsor, but to Connor for all the work that he does, to Cody for all the work that he does on social media. You can follow myself, Robbie Gutierrez, the host of the NAI Ball Podcast, on Twitter, at RobG1063. That's at RobG1063. And then, of course, Cody, and just for anything, you need with nai ball all of your new stat scores information nobody at this level does it better than us that's at nai ball on twitter and instagram for everything you need nationally from nai ball and small college baseball that'll do it for us this week on behalf of connor darnell and cody butler we hope you have a great day and even better tomorrow we'll talk to you